You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And we are live, but we're letting it breathe just for a moment as we bring on the entirety of our Facebook community. We got the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page, but we got to bring in Mile High Huddle's Facebook page, all 95,000 people. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, really interesting piece today. Well done. Peter King had the year of one George Payton, and we had we we learned a little something about the fateful decision to pass on Justin Fields. We took it as kind of a you know passive vote of confidence in Drew Locke, but there's a little bit more to the story. I'll bring it up if you can break it down for the for the crew. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, kind of going viral right now on the MHH Facebook page, so we appreciate uh, you guys reading it. And basically, Peter was embedded at Broncos camp the past week. He talked to George Payton, he talked to Vic Fangio, he talked to Drew Locke, and he got a sense of where the Broncos are at right now when it comes to their quarterback situation. And the obvious was he didn't take Fields or uh, Mac Jones, by the way, or any quarterback in the first or any round of the draft because he didn't believe they were franchise quarterback potential. They were franchise material. That's just his opinion. And like Peter King says, it could come back to bite him, but that's how he felt. So he operated on that basis. But the the macro point here, the bigger point, is that he felt a duty. These are Peter King's words to give Drew Locke a legitimate shot at quarterback one duties because he feels like George Payton does – to the for the sake of the franchise, he feel like you know giving up on Drew too soon would set them back, and he wants just like we've been saying, Chad. All this did was verify everything we've been saying for about five or six months. He he, George Payton wanted to stick with the incumbent. They're sticking with Fangio, the incumbent, Pat Shermer, the incumbent, and also Drew Locke, the incumbent, just to see if he can do it. He got a great cornerback in Patrick Sertan, and also Payton's rationalization was. You know, franchise cornerbacks shake loose less often than franchise quarterbacks. I don't know that I'd agree with that. It kind of sets up maybe a future run at Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson if Drew Locke doesn't work out. But I will give George Payton credit for this. He stuck by his guns. He stuck by his convictions. He wanted Locke versus Bridgewater. He got Locke versus Bridgewater. And on top of that, also Patrick Sertan II added to the mix. So I thought this was pretty eye-opening in a sense by Peter King. But it's also a lot of common sense that we've been preaching for a while now. I also thought it was interesting, the comment that Peyton liked but didn't love Drew Locke. And listen, that should come as no big surprise or shock to any Broncos fan, even the most gaga Drew Locke supporter, because, you know, he's he hasn't produced anything of a level to, especially if you're a pragmatic, black and white football executive, to make you love him, right? Like he's flashed things that you love, but then he's flashed things that you hate up, down, up, down. But overall, Peyton saw enough and understood kind of the history and trajectory of this team post Super Bowl 50 to recognize Zach. he needed one last swing at the plate to drew luck just to be sure as a, as a organization that this isn't the guy more, probably a little bit more so than a more bullish belief that he is the guy that just needed more time because 
not just Zach that he was a you know second round pick that they traded up to draft. That's part of it, but also because they postured him, they set it up for that. They've invested time, blood, sweat, and tears. He didn't feel good about throwing that baby out with the bathwater, especially when there wasn't a quarterback within his reach at that point in time, Zach, that he truly felt, as you said, was a franchise guy. And he's also playing with house money because George Payton knows it's his honeymoon year. He's not going to get fired after one season. And he was kind of forced, quote unquote, to keep, again, the incumbent coaching staff and the incumbent quarterback. If they don't work out, it's not a blight on George Payton. It's a blight on John Elway, who brought in Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, and Drew Locke. So I'm he has the right mindset as far as I'm concerned. I think the quarterback that George Payton really, really wanted was Trey Lance. And I don't blame him for that. I think Trey Lance is the best quarterback, and for my money, with upside in this draft class. And once Trey Lance went number three overall to the Niners, that signaled it wasn't going to be a rookie like Fields. It wasn't going to be a rookie like Mac Jones or anybody else. They liked Drew Locke. The night before the draft, they acquired Teddy Bridgewater, and George Payton had enough foresight and saw far enough down the line through training camp and into the regular season to know what he wants. And apparently what he wants is Drew Locke. All right, real quick, guys. And by the way, I gotta, I love the way that uh, you ended the piece from King's quick quote uh, via Locke here rel- relative to, hey, did you like, what was your reaction to the Broncos pick and pass or Dan at pick nine quote? Of course, I watched the draft. I was elated. We picked Pat. And that kind of was a double meaning, right? I was, I was elated. We got a really good player. And I was elated. It wasn't a quarterback. Exactly. Right? So Drew Locke, hey, man, do what you did on Sunday every day and you got nothing to worry about man it's made in the shade why can't you systematize it why can't you produce that consistent even if it's not like you know top shelf every single day just you know be a steady force consistent force this article if nothing else zach proves that the broncos are rooting for drew to win this thing they just can't give it to him and, and uh, the large, you know, uh, sect of Broncos country that can't come to grips with that, well, they're going to have to now. So don't take it from us. Maybe don't take it from other analysts out there in the local media market. Take it from national writers like Peter King, who were embedded in Broncos camp, who talked to the GM, talked to the head coach, and talked to the quarterback to form their opinion, not based on analytics or narratives, just the straight, cold truth of the matter. And one more thing, it was a great uh, little piece in, in uh, Peter King's column. He talked to Drew Lock and Drew Lock said, I know I made bad throws last year. I know I made boneheaded mistakes, and I'm out to prove I can correct that and be the quarterback the Broncos thought I can be. So it's another sign to me of maturity and growth in Lock that maybe we hadn't saw in years past. Definitely encouraging. And I think there have been multiple signs, both on the tangible and intangible side, uh, that Drew has matured, right? He's put on the LBs, he's, he's thickened up, so to speak. And he's showing signs between the ears that he's getting it a little bit more. Not to say that he was some Paxton Lynch-esque buffoon that was head in the clouds. That's not what I'm talking about. I just mean, you know, the finer nuances of what it really means to be a QB1 in the league. It takes a little time, I think, to fully understand those things and pick them out and appreciate them and then implement them. And, you know, he's, he's on his way. Real quick shout out, Ed Keating. What's up, bro? Thank you for getting in the chat early and dropping a super chat to get things cooking for us. You know, we love you, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, hit the like button. Thanks, Chad and Zach. Denver Broncos for life. Lock 2021. Let them hate state of being. 
you demand my brother really appreciate you and zach before we dive any further into the chat in today's conversation um i want to here's where we're at on the on the goal we're trying to get to 500,000 stars on facebook we are 24% complete so we're there we're getting there i should say we are very close and we only created the goal june 5th so we're and we only really started talking about it zach you know 2 weeks ago maybe something like that so mm-hmm. We're going to get there before you know it. Here's who's in the the lead as far as the most tickets in the raffle when we raffle that Von Miller jersey out, along with a little special personal memento uh, from your football priest, Travis Weber. This is the last 28 days. Travis Weber in the lead over Zeus McPeak, followed by Gary Leeds Palmer at three, Claude Riley at four, Michael Ronquillo at five, Andrew Baker, six, Andrew Lamp, seven, Pete Middleton at eight, Matthew Beatty at nine, Travis Tarbox, 10. There's your top 10. And Zebulon still just edged out from the top 10, Alexander, Randy, Shane. And there's your, there's your 14. So thank you guys for the stars. Keep it going. And again, just to help you understand real quick, the more, the, the, the most um, prolific star senders, they're going to have more tickets in the raffle. So the more a guy stars or a gal, the more likely they are, in other words, to win this giveaway when we do reach 500,000 stars. And we're going to make it a, a an event. It's going to be really cool when we finally hit that. So appreciate you guys. Um, Michaela, it's good to see you. Whoa. In fact, Zach, can you uh, can you shoot to the bottom and grab Michaela so that I can maintain yes, I where can. I'm at in the chat? Wow. And then uh, wow. there's the Duchess weighing Michaela. in with authority, Amazing. right? With Amazing. authority. Michaela, we love you. We appreciate you. you. We miss you when you're not in the chat. It's a better day when you're in the chat. Great to see you. She says, showing support to the fam. Hope you are all doing well. Let them hate. Hats off. Seriously, thank you so much. And Zach, we're both. We were just talking about this day before yesterday. Looking forward to meeting Michaela in the flesh. Yes. September 26th, Denver, the MHH meet and greet for the home opener. Yes, we are, you know, individually, you and I finalizing plans to make that happen, and we will have more information on the meetup as it comes out. But we are so excited about meeting each and every one of you, Michaela, especially you with how generous you are and and you're so supportive to the show. We hope you're as excited as we are about it being got. By the way, guys, Broncos game week is officially here. They have a game Saturday. Football is back. We get to see the quarterbacks in action against another team. I am pumped for it. Hopefully you are as well, Michaela, and everyone else out there. Thank you for tuning in with us tonight. And your amazing generosity is always so appreciated. I'm just doing a quick check. All right. So Peter at 625. So I need to grab here. Uh, Hold on one second. The YouTube settings are being a little annoying right now. Let me see if I can get it this time. Why isn't it wanting to do that? How bizarre. Uh, Let me just just do this real quick. Hope that changes. Um, Yeah, go ahead and grab Melly P. Yes, Melly P. Is that a new name, Chad? New I don't, name. New I don't name. recognize that name. So, Melly P., very, very uh, good welcome to you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us tonight. First time, long time answers my question. I should read probably first. Uh, how are people not impressed with Locke uh, hanging with an eight-year vet? I'm really, really happy, Melly, you mentioned this. And this is one more point I wanted to talk about from Peter King's column. Uh, He was asked about Teddy Bridgewater, and he even admitted part of the growth he's experiencing and part of why he feels so confident is actually because he's had Teddy Bridgewater behind him. 
con- confirming what Chad and I have been saying and the, the logic behind acquiring someone like Teddy Bridgewater, who doesn't blow anyone's skirt off. He's, he's not the most physically imposing quarterback. He's not the most productive or most successful. But what he is is a great teammate and one of the best backup quarterbacks to have in the league. And the Broncos have that now. And more importantly, Drew Locke has has that now. And it's not going to change his style of play. You know, Teddy Bridgewater throws more of a lofty ball. Locke throws more of a fastball. But it's teaching him maybe to take the the smarter options when available. Check it down when you can. Don't turn it over. Maybe if he can see the game in a slightly different way, that can help him win some more ball games. And so far, I mean, Drew Locke won't give away exactly what Teddy has done for him, but just having that veteran mentor and slash mentor veteran competition. I mean, they're teammates and they're friends, but they're also competing to start. And iron always sharpens iron. And Drew Locke's case, getting it by with Jeff Driscoll and Brett Rippon behind him did not cut it. They weren't enough challenge for Drew Locke. Teddy is a challenge for him, and he even admitted from the horse's mouth it's made him a better quarterback. So I'm impressed not only by Locke's growth, but by the tandem that George Payton had in mind when acquiring Teddy Bridgewater for that veteran mentorship. We've said it on the show a few times, and I don't know how you can honestly view this any differently. Tie goes to the incumbent, whether it's a young guy or an older guy, the tie goes to the incumbent. And, you know, everyone's, there's a few different, um, the arithmetic for certain guys who've been to every single practice is a little bit different. But honestly, if we're taking it across, like, you know, we're trying to average it out and find the mean, these guys are tied, right? And that favors Drew Locke. But the reason, the way that could change is if he goes to Minnesota and has a face palm type week against the Vikings in camp and then doesn't have a very impressive preseason debut. So he's got to keep the ball rolling. As long as the ball's rolling, and he, even if it's in flashes, Zach, even if he just continues to show the spurts, Teddy is what he is. He's not right. going to suddenly step onto the field and be Peyton Manning. It's just not right. going to happen. So – I can see the Denver Broncos, if it kind of stays neck and neck like this, even through pr- three preseason games, Not I can see. I would bet, if I were a betting man, a lot of money, they'd stick with luck. You always go with the upside over the floor, especially when you're a win-now team like the Broncos. And make no mistake, even though you might consider Vic Fangio a lame-duck head coach, they haven't been to the playoffs since 2015, they are in win-now mode because of the roster they have. And it's the same thing like the Chiefs having the solid floor in Alex Smith, but at the same time, they were getting their younger quarterback in Mahomes ready. I'm not comparing Teddy and Locke to Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, but I am making the case that, like Chad said, if there's a tie, if it's even close, I think they would go with Drew Locke just because his ceiling and what he can do and offer with his arm, it can take the Broncos offense to new heights. You saw it in yesterday's practice when not only did they have that long touchdown to Cortland Sutton where he hit him in stride, what was it, 60 yards down the field, he threaded the needle, I believe was on a 7-on-7 touchdown to Noah Fant, put it in a window about this big and made it happen in a way that Teddy just can't do. So we've been saying this and we're holding firm to it now with preseason week one on the horizon. As long as Locke doesn't face plant, he will be your week one starter. Steve Baumgartner, what's up, buddy? Great to see you. Thank you for the super chat. And thank you for the encouraging message. He says, Drew Locke is my QB. Cool, buddy. It's great to have you. We've missed you. You haven't been in the chat as much lately. When you're here, 
it's uh, you know it's it's better. We, we like it when the gang's all here, That's when right. the OG superstars are in the house, the the true community mavens here at MHH. You know, we know we're in the right place in the right time. So thanks, Steve. Thank you, Stephen. And, you know, yeah, you can support Drew Locke, but also if Teddy Bridgewater does have to play, I mean, even the most ardent Locke supporters have to keep in mind that Bridgewater is capable of at least keeping the Broncos afloat. And on top of what he's doing, mentoring Drew Locke, you have to root for him as well. Well, root for every player on the team, not one or the other. No division, all cohesive. That's right. Uh, Peter Terranova, another newer name <clears throat> on Super Chat anyway. Thank you, Peter. Make that's, sure you that's connect some with surname. us. That's an awesome last name. It is. It is cool. Uh, real quick, Peter, make sure you connect with us on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, at Mile High Huddle. All right? Connect with Zach, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. We like to stay in touch with our superstars in the community, Maven, so uh, be sure to do that, my friend. Uh, he says, what's up, gang? Hope you're having a great week. <clears throat> so far, so good. Hey, man, we're sitting here with the lights on, a camera in, and a mic in my face, talking to one of my great buddies and our great community about football. I mean, who could complain, right? And it's game week. And we have a game coming up, you know, a five was it five days from now? So we're, we're right around the corner, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yes, five days from now. I can't do math tonight, but it's all good. We see the queen of the podcast, the queen of MHH, the queen of the Huddle Up Pod, Christy, jumping in. It's so, so, so good to see you, Christy. I, I know life has been busy. I know uh, you have a lot to do, but we love seeing you here. We love your support. We love you and everything you do. It says, hope you all are doing good. Football is here. Like I was just saying, it's game week. I hope you're excited about that, Christy. Always good to see you, and thank you once again. Yeah, I hope the girls are doing well. Give them our best. And, um, hey, September 26th, Denver, Colorado. Did she say that she might be able to make that? I, uh, something's telling me I, I remember her saying – I don't think I'm confusing it with somebody else. Didn't Christy say that she's going to try and make that? Let us. I don't want to answer for her just in case I'm wrong, but let All us right. know, All Christy, right. in the comments. We really, really hope you can make it we out do, there. We do hope so. Uh, good to see you. Thank you so much. All right, let me see here from Sam Bam. What up, dude? Appreciate you, Sam. Rocking the shirt, the football priest T-shirt like a boss in his YouTube profile pic. Mile high salute to you. Do you think the joint practices with Minnesota will start showing some separation since Locke and Bridgewater will be seeing a new defense and defenders? Will it? Possibly. Do I expect it to? Yeah, a little bit. I do. I think you'll, I think you'll see um, a lot made of those practices, you know, as far as what uh, media report, Etc. It's going to create a little bit of a hype wave for one of those guys. We'll see which one it is. If it's not in your favor, let's say it's your Drew Locke and Teddy looks a little bit better in the joint practices. That's fine. You can make it up in the game itself. Make sure you come to play when the lights are on. And, you know, that's kind of, I wouldn't quite call Drew Locke a gamer in the same way that, you know, Tim Tebow was a gamer. Even Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly, you know, kind of a mess off the field. Um, not the sharpest guy kind of. in practice, but when the lights were on, man, and he was the guy center stage, he could turn it on. And so I don't know that, that again, even Drew Locke, he may, he might not even be on that level. Definitely not on a Tim Tebow level yet, as far as being a true gamer where they just aren't all that impressive in between games. And then the game comes on and you're like that gum, man, at least Tebow, I guess it was a, 
you know, the last three minutes of a game. But nevertheless, Drew Locke has a little game or two. If he's going to give you one of his better performances, it's going to come in a game. And so we'll see. Preseason game one, Saturday night, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it shakes out. You know, for one, obviously, they're going to play all three preseason games and then make a decision from there. But here's what I can say about Saturday's game and separation. If any separation occurs in this quarterback competition, which I don't think there will be much on Saturday because it will be such a limited amount of reps going around, it would be easier for Locke, I feel like, Chad, to make up that separation than it would Teddy Bridgewater only because Locke has that arm talent that Teddy doesn't have. He can have a crappy practice, he can have a crappy series, but he can come out and throw a 60-yard touchdown bomb in stride to Cortland Sutton. And I feel like, let's say, Teddy Bridgewater falls a little behind in their separation on Locke's behalf. How would Teddy make that up? He couldn't be safe in every practice to make that up. He couldn't check it down in every practice to make that up. That's his calling card. That's how he'd win and let Locke dig his own grave. So if Locke jumps ahead here, Teddy's really going to have to turn it on before week one. Otherwise, it's going to become apparent that Locke is the starter. Shout out to the top star senders tonight. Travis maintaining his lead atop the pile with 1,000 stars. Thanks, brother. We're going to keep an eye out uh, for any of your comments or questions. It's a little bit more difficult uh, for us to keep track of that stuff when we don't have Buona Beast with us, but we'll keep an eye out. So if you said something and we haven't gotten it, just keep putting it back in the chat so that we can see it. Cause uh, we talk, you hear us say things now and again, but the way it works on our end in the chat StreamYard, the platform we use to stream only limits the, how far you can go back up in the stream. So let's say, and it automatically jumps you sometimes without you scrolling down. And then when you go to scroll back up to where you were, it blocks you from going any farther. So if we haven't gotten to you, Travis, you had a topic, a question, anything you wanted to address, just keep spitting it into the chat, and I promise you we will get to it. Travis Tarbox, good to see you, brother. And, yes, we did get your stuff, and uh, we are stoked that you thought of us, and we appreciate you sending us that stuff. We're still trying to decide what to do with it, to be honest with you, Travis, but don't worry. We will be in touch. Gary Leeds Palmer, love you, buddy. Andrew Baker. Marquise Banks, thank you for those stars, Marquise. <clears throat> Stick around, man. Thank you for supporting us. You can put yourself in the running for the Vaughn jersey. Sean Miller, what's up, brother? And Anthony Bradshaw, appreciate all you guys. Seeing a lot of new, lot of new faces tonight, a lot of new names. So uh, welcome to everyone out there. We appreciate you tuning in and or contributing. Uh, Andrew says, hey, gang, I know it's preseason, but who wins next Saturday night? And how much do we win by LOL, MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life? Yeah, buddy. Uh, it is a preseason game. Both teams want to win, but it's yeah. actually not the top priority. You know, if you got a chance to in the fourth quarter, they're always going to push for it. But like, it's more about seeing guys perform in situations, running plays based on scheme or based on a situational um, down and distance and personnel groupings. And, you know, these are dress rehearsals, if you will, for what's going to come. And they are evaluation tools for narrowing down the roster. That's the first priority in preseason. That's why they are an exhibition game. That's the purpose for it being an exhibition game. But uh, usually, you know, you got you to gotta lean toward the home team on any front. We'll see, though. I mean, the Broncos got as good a chance as the Vikings to win this one, especially a preseason game. We, we all want to see wins. We all want the Broncos to go, what would it be, you know, 20-0, 21-0 on their way to a title. Uh, I don't really care who wins Saturday. I want to see the offense look at least passable, you know, look like they're improved from last year. But the biggest thing to me, my priority, no injuries. 
No injuries. I want this team healthy going into week one. No illnesses, no afflictions, no maladies. I want them to come out of Minnesota completely unscathed. All right, let me see here. Uh, Ernie, good to see you, big Ern in the house. Shout out to our our, uh, Twitter viewers, The Milkman. Let's go. Appreciate you. Uh, Let's see here. I'm worried because I can't go. YouTube's having some kind of a breakdown on their back end. It's not letting me see who all the supers are. I'm worried we we might miss one or two tonight. If we do miss you by any chance, if you got one in early in tonight's show and we end up not being able to get to it, don't worry. We will eventually see that and we will make it up to you. Trust. Uh, John Juno, appreciate you, my friend. We will keep up the work. You know this. Um, Okay. I just had to scroll back up to see uh, if we missed anybody. There's Travis Tarbox, Evening Priest, just joined the show. I'm Denver Broncos for life. I know you are, dude. You're uh, ride or die, most definitely. Um, Shout out to great friend of the show and longtime super star supporter, Albert Knoppers. Steadiness, he says, Zach, comes with constant practice with the regulars, not through switcheroos. Yeah. That's the downside to allowing it to be an open competition is that those 50% of first-team reps that you're giving to Teddy, not only could they be of dang good use to Drew, I mean, he's still getting reps. It's just with the second team. So what are you on those 50%? So what are you losing? Well, it's you're, you're losing a little something if you're Drew Locke because you want those first-team reps, but you're right. also missing out, Zach, on the opportunity you're selling the first-team guys short, basically, right, by right. making them go back and forth, and you're – forestalling your 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 stalling basically the ability for them to come together and gel as a unit exactly that's the price you pay though when you when you roll with a 50 50 competition exactly exactly yeah my thoughts exactly and um i've resigned myself obviously weeks ago to there being a quarterback competition my only hope is that vic fangio does not drag this out right up until week one as he's been teasing because like you just laid out I want the starters, when they know who their quarterback is going to be, to start getting all 100% reps with that quarterback. My my worry, though, is what Fangio said. He was asked, I think it was last week, if there was a clear-cut starter, how would you divvy up the reps? And he said, like, 65, 25, and 10. I think that's 100. And I, it just it didn't sit right with me. Why wouldn't you give your clear-cut quarterback 100% of the first-team reps? It makes no sense to me. So we just have to hope and pray that Fangio, who's not exactly a quarterback whisperer or an offensive guru, is managing this correctly in the end. There's Travis. He goes, Travis Weber says, George Payton had a plan going into the draft and followed it. I feel fans just need to trust the process. They complained about Elway at his end of being a GM and now already on Peyton's case for not drafting fields. I'm all in on the drafting of PS2. You share a brain with us, my friend, because I mean, there was my, I liked JC Horn the most, but I'm not a cornerback expert. You know, I'm going to trust that that was the guy that the Broncos felt like was the best fit for them. Either way, we know Sertan was a blue chip player, blue chip player. So you're getting a impact guy out of the gates and you're giving Locke one more swing at the at the plate to see if all that time and investment and commitment you've put into him is going to provide you the return that you've been hoping for. 
I mean, everyone's dogging him now when Fields looks good in training camp, going up against the second and third team, and the Broncos have this quarterback competition. But what if Locke works out? I mean, just throwing it out there, what if he becomes a fringe franchise or maybe even a franchise quarterback? You have that guy, and you you guess correctly, and you also have a franchise cornerback in Patrick Sertan. So if this works out for George Payton, and it's always a gamble, every decision in the NFL is a gamble, it's going to look mighty, mighty good in terms of playing 40 chess at the most important position in all of sports. Shout out to Chase Wellner. Thank you for the super chat, buddy. Really do appreciate you. You've been with us a long, long time, my friend. And just know that we see you, we appreciate you, and it's not just this show. It's all the MHH shows. So appreciate you, brother. Anthony, uh, is it is it Bomer? Is it Bamer, because the guy that remember that politician who was uh, Boner, uh, what was his name? Zach. Uh, oh, John Boehner. Was it John Boehner? But it was B O E, just like that. Anthony, is it Boehner? Is it Bamer? Excuse me. I'm curious. He says, can't tell you how many times I was called dumb for saying Peyton wasn't drafting a quarterback. Was obvious the whole time. Go Broncos, Anthony. Welcome. Thank you, by the way. Appreciate you. I know that this isn't your first super chat, but it's one of your still first few super chats. So appreciate you being a part of the community and supporting the, the cause. <laughs> yeah, I might have jumped the gun with uh, what you were saying there, Chad. But yeah, we were, you know, we were saying it too. Don't be surprised, guys, if they walk out of the first round without a quarterback. Don't be surprised if there is a quarterback when they're on the clock at number nine and they go, you know, elsewhere. We were podcasting live, Chad, when they made that pick. And in real time, Broncos country had a meltdown, but you guys will see, especially if Locke pans out, that PS2 is a hell of a player. Tom El Greco up there north of the 49th parallel, who proves each and every day when he's in the chat that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. He says, hey, guys, do you think if Locke got the reins from the beginning of camp as the starter uh, or this – Hey, do you guys think if Locke got the reins from the beginning of camp as the starter or this competition? Thanks, guys. I lost it there. He, he, I, he like he cut off. I, I think he's saying, is it better if Locke would have been the no-doubt starter versus having a competition? In a perfect world, yes. But they brought in Teddy to push Locke. I don't think it's because, honestly, I think this time around, they felt like they saw the ceiling of Locke without true pressure. And he even made a comment, Zach, uh, his last media availability last week, and that is this is the first quarterback competition I've ever been in. That's telling because he's always been so good that the team, whether it's high school, uh, college, or even his first couple years in the pros, team just gives him the baton, right? They just say, here you go, mantle of quarterback, QB1, it's you. So this is the first time he's had to sing for his supper and and justify being QB1 and the Broncos want him to feel that psychological pressure because they feel like he kind of reached the ceiling of what he might be able to will himself to do without that external pressure. And so, hey, man, it, it, we'll see whether or not that ultimately turns out, Zach, to be a refiner's fire, having Teddy Bridgewater in there threatening his gig, threatening his NFL career, time will tell. I mean, I was thinking of a, a couple different analogies I can make here, but I've settled on one. It's it's almost like when you're going, let's say, jet skiing, but you still have to wear a life vest. And, you know, you're, you're seeing how far you can go and you're testing the limits of what you can do, but you still have that preventative measure, that safety device just in case. So the Broncos were caught in a rock and a hard place here. 
They want to explore lock ceiling and unlock, no pun intended, his potential, but they also couldn't risk giving him anything, grandfathering him anything, handing him anything, because he proved last year he's not quite ready or not quite there yet. So they're willing to go on the jet ski with Drew Locke, but the the safety jacket they're wearing is Teddy Bridgewater, and that's why they have uh, these two in lockstep right now. Again, no pun intended. I'm not a fan of quarterback competitions, but you know, looking back on it now, if there was a guy that they were going to bring in that wasn't too much of a threat but still enough to push lock, Teddy Bridgewater really was the perfect choice. Sean wants to know, and thank you for the stars, by the way, Sean. How is Bradley Chubb coming along? Hey, man, he's coming along well enough to throw down with Garrett Bowles, right? So he must be feeling okay. But last we heard is he's, you know, he's they've been working him into team drills. What is a team drill? You've got your individual period during tra- a training camp practice where you're just with your position group. If you're a wide receiver, you're running routes on air, you're doing different drills that are specific to your position. Then you get to team period, and in team period, they start off seven on seven, all right? then that eventually matriculates to 11-on-11. And Bradley Chubb finally, last week, started seeing some first-team reps uh, as they work him back to full strength with that ankle. So he's improving, Zach. He's progressing in his recovery on, on par. He's right where he needs to be. Yeah, Sean, ask Garrett Bowles how Bradley Chubb's coming along. I mean, Bradley has all the fire back, and I think if he was still concerned about that ankle, he wouldn't be willing to fight one of the most physically imposing players on the team. So, yeah, no problems. And the Broncos, they might, you know, they kind of admitted they regretted waiting so long for his ankle cleanup surgery, but no problems for week one. And I think we're going to finally see that mythical and fabled Von Miller-Bradley Chubb pairing. 25 sacks, guys. I think that's the floor for them if they stay healthy. It's going to be exciting. Another one of our longtime listeners and supporters, Jay Ritchie, a true superstar. Good to see you, buddy. He says, evening, fellas. Great show as always. Who's it going to be, number three or number five? I'm hoping for three. I believe with this chance, Locke will become our franchise QB. Thoughts? Yeah, we, uh, we maintain – I'll speak for myself. I maintain that it is in Denver's best interest for Drew Locke to truly dig down and – overcome the obstacle of having a threat to his job and win it fair and square. Because again, it's not just because they gave up, they put a second round pick in him, but that matters. It's the time investment that they put into him, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. They're paying him, but, and they gave up a little mid round action for him to Carolina, but like it's no skin off their teeth. If he comes in and never plays it down. Right. Meanwhile, they've bled for, Drew Locke. And I mean that literally and figuratively. They went through the trial and error growing pains that a team must go through with very few exceptions when they're breaking in a young, new potential franchise quarterback. So they paid the price. But you pay that price, Zach, you make that investment. It's like the, it's like the uh, you know, the maxim it takes money to make money. You invest that money, you pay the price in order to get a return on that investment. And so they're right there on the brink of potentially getting that return. That's why it's in the team's best interest for Drew to win it. I still think he will, but he's still he's going to be on a short leash no matter what. Yeah, you, yeah, we're definitely sharing a brain on that. I agree 100%. Uh, I'm going to just add something that's not very exciting and it's kind of lame, but uh, whoever is the quarterback this year, either whether, whether it's Locke or whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, we all have to root for him. 
And no matter if you're a lock guy or a Teddy Bridgewater guy, if your guy is not under center, uh, we want the best for the Broncos. So I, you know, number three, number five, it, it really brings me PTSD from, you know, team Trevor versus team Paxton and the quarterback competitions. This is such a crossroads season for the Broncos and a lot of people involved with them. I don't want division. I, I It's going to sound, you know, again, lame and PC, but I want unity in Denver this year. Uh, here is Jesse on YouTube with an interesting question. Are the fans sleeping on the run game this year? I feel like we might be a top five running team. Really good question. In fact, this is a topic that I know Luke Patterson has um, decided to write about and break down. He's got an article coming out on this very topic at milehighhuddle.com this evening. It'll probably publish not long after this podcast ends, to be honest with you. And the short answer, according to me anyway, is that this team has a chance. Are the fans sleeping on the run game? I wouldn't say they're sleeping yeah. on it. It's just everyone's fixated on an open quarterback competition. But this team, especially with Mike Boone, man, Mike Boone has impressed me. That dude, like, I thought, hey, you know, you take a flyer on a guy, like maybe he can give you some Lance Ball type of production where, you know, you pay him a really small-time uh, free agent deal, and he ends up kind of – uh, punching above his weight in this case i mean mike boone looks like the truth and he's number three behind melvin gordon and javante williams your shiny right. second round pick so as long as the offensive line really gels in the in year three of the mike munchak era you bet your bottom dollar my friend yeah, I don't know who's sleeping on it. I think everyone's excited about it. I mean, even if you don't like Melvin Gordon, Javante is looking like the truth so far, and the Broncos are so, so high on Pookie. And like you mentioned, Mike Boone. So, yeah, they have a great three-headed rushing attack. But like you said, it's the quarterback competition. It's the shiny toys and Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy lighting it up, K.J. Hamler, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, all those guys outnumber the running backs. But if there's shakiness under center, if the Broncos quarterback goes south this year, they're going to lean on that running game. And having the pairing of Gordon Williams and Mike Boone is a benefactor no matter what scenario or who. Anthony Bradshaw, thank you for the stars, by the way, Anthony. He says, if Locke steps up and is even half of what I think he could be, it's going to be a fun season and even better next year. Yeah, could you imagine? I mean, all this team needs is to solve the quarterback issue, and then you can start really being and becoming something and being a factor. That's what's held this team back. I mean, there were some dark days there. Even if you had Peyton Manning in, let's say, Zach 2017 and 2018, you, you probably still were a playoff team, but you weren't pushing deep into the playoffs. That roster was just Swiss cheese, too many holes, right? But this roster – Reminds me very much of the 2016 Broncos that was basically still the, the framework of the Super Bowl champion roster minus two or three guys. And you had a young quarterback slash quarterback combo that just couldn't quite move the needle. If you get that quarterback this year that can move the needle, you can do some damage in the league. And I think, you know, <laughs> no matter how you feel about the quarterbacks, and we're both hopeful for different reasons, the floor with Teddy and the ceiling with Locke, this defense is going to be so good. This running game is going to be so good. These receivers are so good. Uh, the offensive line, the defensive line is looking so good in training camp so far. So even if they don't get, you know, perfect play under center, they don't get even great play at quarterback, they can still win nine or ten games. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for optimism and hope this year beyond quarterback. So that's why I feel like it's going to be a fun season in Denver. The robot of doom has returned 
to the fold. He says, good evening, Broncos country. I'm back, baby, better than ever. Life's been treating me 539% better now. Good to hear. That's a very random number. It must have some kind of significance. Now I'm hyped for Broncos football. Well, hey, man, we're hyped having you back. So good to see you, Robot of Dune. The Zombinator, a Super Chat superstar, is chiming in to tell us, got tickets for the Jets game. Hope to see you guys there. You will see us there. We're not going to be hard to find. Trust. We're uh, we're going to have a big old big old tent, South parking lot, tailgate section. You're not going to miss it. Trust. So as long as you're looking for us, you'll have no problem finding us. And then, as Zach mentioned earlier tonight, when we get a little bit closer, we'll provide some specific deets just to make sure there's, you know, no gray area on how to find us. Can't wait though. Can't wait to see everyone out there and enjoying a nice Broncos dub at home. Here is Shane Daniels. Thank you for the super chat, brother. Great to see you. It's game week. Just wanted to drop by and show some love. Going to be there at the Jets game. Awesome. This is going to be so fun. And uh, I'm going to the Dallas game as well. Cool, man. What is your opinion on Justin Sternod as the future at linebacker? Let him hate. Well, I'll tell you what. Josie Jewell went down, in case you missed it, with a groin injury about Gosh, probably halfway into camp. So we're, they're 10 practices in. Jules missed, got to be now, Zach, about half those practices with his groin. And with Baron Browning still licking his wounds, the third-round pick from Ohio State, Justin Sternod is playing with the ones next to Alexander Johnson. And, you know, Fangio is always a lot more critical of uh, the little things when he gets asked about these type of things with uh, a guy who's having to step into a role that maybe they weren't expecting and he'll give them their props, but then it's always, you know, caboosed uh, or bookended with some kind of criticism. And he was that way with Justin Sternod, mostly about between the years type stuff, but all of his teammates and everyone I've talked to, who's been watching every single practice at camp, Zach raving about this dude. So all we need for Justin Sternod to answer your question is to stay healthy and it'll encourage the Broncos to feel good about letting one of either Alexander Johnson or Josie Jewell depart in free agency. I doubt they let them both go. I think they'll re-sign one of them because they're both in a contract year. Yeah, I mean, I'm not quite there yet on Sternod where I can say he's for sure the future and he's a starter waiting in the wings. He has to prove he can stay healthy, like you said. I mean, that was his biggest rap coming out of college, and last year he missed the entire year with what? An injury. And uh, as long as he can stay in the lineup, though, uh, so let's just start with being the future covering tight ends and covering running backs, the future uh, third down pass covering inside linebacker, then you work your way from there. I also think if he was the future, if Fangio was convinced about Sternot after last year and how could he be, would they, would they have drafted Baron Browning? Is he not the future? I think he has way more upside and way more sideline to sideline talent than Sternod, but obviously Baron Browning's behind the eight ball and PUP and Sternod's on the field. So as long as he's healthy, uh, he's going to do good. But the future, let's let's take baby steps here. Patrick, good to have you, man. Um, working a summer business, he says. Um, so he's he's been missing the pods, but he's in the he's in the house tonight. So he says Locks bombed to Sutton yesterday it was vintage Elway. That was dope, dude. It was a sit up in your seat, ooh wee type of uh, type of play. Absolutely. Um, Sam Bam, I think we got your super, right? We're a little bit delayed now getting to the end here. I'm pretty sure we got your super. Yeah, we mentioned the shirt he's wearing. 
if we maybe there was another one. I'm just worried there was maybe another one because he said my my one earlier. So if we did miss one, just know that because um, I'm I'm looking at. Let me see if it's going to let me look at it this time. I don't know. The button's not working on YouTube tonight for some reason. Bugs. Sometimes a website has a bug, but uh, if we did miss it, don't worry. We'll make it up to you. Trust. Uh, Jerry, good to see Jerry, one of our great supporters on Facebook. He says videos have been posted showing Teddy focused on one receiver as well in terms of talking about you know, the criticism of lock, um, locking in on one guy. Tons of tape will show Patrick Mahomes even just making one read constantly. Fact is, you can mention a time you, you've seen Locke doing it, uh, yet there is also footage of Locke going through his reads. Yeah, I feel you on that, Jerry, but I'm just going to play it to you straight here, my dog. That is something Drew has to get better at. He, he is sometimes a little too obvious with where he's going to go with the ball. And, you know, I mean, you had his first pick of the year was from a rookie. And his, when he was asked, that rookie, Patrick Sertan, how it happened, he said, I read the quarterback and the quarterback just gave it to me. You know, I just – so he's got to get better at that. And that's not to say two things can't be true at the same time. Teddy um, does it too. But it's a known issue with Drew that he needs to iron out those kinks. Does he go through reads? I think – listen, it is overblown. I'll level with you there, Jerry. I'll agree with you. Drew – only reading a part of the field and not going through his reads and the Broncos dumbing down the system, which was based on a complete lark of a report from what's the dude from uh, Michael Lombardi. No, no, it was before him. Um, the Walter, no, uh, the draft guy, Charlie Campbell. No, you're, we're getting closer though. <laughs> I'm just naming the people I don't like in this business. So he's pro football network now. Um, oh, Jesus. It's anyway, not Tony Pauline, is it? Yes, thank you. He went to the senior. Oh, I like bowl, him, <laughs> and I like Tony. Uh, I think Loney, Tony does great work, and he yeah. has for a long time. But where he gets his information is showing up to the Shrine Game and showing up to the Senior Bowl, and then showing up to the Combine. There was no Combine this year, but uh, at the Senior Bowl, talked to a few Denver media people, and that's where that little buzz thing came from. And look, if you turn on the t- the tape, you can see that there are times it doesn't feel like Drew's going through his progressions last year, Zach, but um, it gets, it's one of those things where it's a molehill. If you're looking at a, at a flat piece of ground and there's a molehill, are you going to see it? Yes. Relative to a mountain, you know, I mean, come on, let's go. They're making a molehill into a mountain on that topic. In my humble opinion. I was thinking I, it was Michael Lombardi who earlier this offseason broke the story that Pat Shermer had to dumb down the playbook supposedly for Drew Locke. I think a much uh, what was made about nothing with that report, considering it was confirmed by no one in the local media. But, you know, as always, Chad, it's all relevant and context matters. You know, when Teddy Bridgewater is going through his first read, his first read more than likely is a three, five yard check down. Drew Locke's first read more than likely is probably a 20, 30 yard post or nine route down the field. So, and you have the Broncos coaches like Pat Shermer openly admitting they're practicing throwing incompletions. I wouldn't read too much in a training camp right now what's going on. The truth of the matter is both quarterbacks have their deficiencies. Both quarterbacks have their strengths, and the Broncos are trying to hide or uh, amplify those where applicable. Okay, I'm doing a quick I'm, – I'm actually – I have pulled up a, uh, the video itself on YouTube, and I'm looking at the chat to do a share screen because here's one from – here's a couple actually from Dale Hendricks that our side and Kane hold up here. There's and Naj. So we got another one from Melly P hold up. Let me keep going up. How much farther will it let me go? There's a uh, Shane. So we got the Shane one. 
And let me see if it's on our StreamYard side because I don't think it is. Oh, no, it is. But wait a minute. Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. Here's uh, nope. I'm gonna have to do, I'm gonna have to do uh, Kane here. The share screen way. There's Shane. Where's Kane? Actually, here we go. We got to get Melly P again and Naj, one of our OG superstars. Um, real quick here. Show it on the screen, please. There we go. Melly P. Thank you, buddy. Going into pregame, I've watched most of the Broncos pressers this offseason. Has Vic been asked about his offseason work on clock management? Yeah, but it's always been postured in a very passive-aggressive way where it's easy for him to step around it. Has he sincerely addressed it, Zach? No. And it's one of those things that you can't simulate unless he's going through it in a real live game situation. So he can say what he wants now, but the real test will come during the regular season when they're faced with a situation like last year and he's either burning timeouts or taking timeouts with him in his back pocket after the game. I mean, these are coaching football 101 uh, areas that Vic Fangio after two years now hasn't grown from. So we have to hope that the third time is the charm. Naj. Love you, buddy. Hope you're doing well. It'd be great to see you in Denver on the 26th, my friend. Hey, brothers, I really appreciate George Payton's loyalty and he and that he thinks enough of Locke to give him a more complete opportunity to show what he can do. I also like his conviction in Pat Sertan. Stud corners are ultimate game changers. Yes, indeed they are. And it's, I mean, so far the rookie Zach is as advertised. You know, and they say there's there's four positions that are foundational positions in the NFL. Obviously, franchise quarterback is one, but also shutdown cornerback, uh, blindside left tackle, and pass rushing uh, edge rusher. Those are the foundational pieces. And except for franchise quarterback, yet the Broncos have all of those. And especially because now the addition of Patrick Sertan, and just as Chad laid out a few minutes ago, him diagnosing the interception and making that happen, that's a play that most rookies don't make right away. And Sertan is so far ahead of the curve. I mean, this is a guy who I predict will be an all pro not just a pro bowler within three years tops as advertised. We just got to see it uh, play out that way against outside opponents. And I think it will. Um, all right, let's grab this one here from Sam Bam with the <laughs> acid hippo acid hippo. Appreciate that super sticker, Sam Bam. You the man, you the man. Um, okay. Let me see here. <laughs> Thank Kane you, Dawson. What's up, buddy? Good to see you. Living descendant of Billy the Kid in the house, Kane Dawson. He says, who's ready for the season to kick off? I know I am. Feels good to catch a little bit of a live show tonight. Well, hey, buddy, it's good to have you in the chat. Trust. Hope you're doing well. And we are ready. We're raising our hand. We can't wait for Saturday. So thank you. Uh, here's Jay saying, Lance and Eric said it best. Champ Bailey never got to the Super Bowl until we got who? Peyton Manning. So the quarterback reign supreme i agree on that quarterback does reign supreme and it was the ultimate tragedy that champ could not punctuate his hall of fame career with a, a world championship but hey zach at least he got a chance at least he got to the dance you know that's, and that's that's something that not everyone can say i mean his mentor daryl green uh, now that i think about it daryl daryl green did get a ring uh with mark Rippon in the early 90s but nevertheless not every prolific corner that makes it to the hall has a ring that's a precipitous comment. 
See what <laughs> I did there? Rain. Indubitably. Indubitably. Yes, I caught that. Dale. Thanks, buddy. Now, uh, three bucks was Dale's super chat. And he says, it's three bucks because I'm a Drew fan. Hashtag Broncos win Super Bowl 56. Is it 56? Am I reading that right? Yeah, 56. Harrow. Let's do let's do our uh, arithmetic here, Jensen. Um, Manny Wise. What's up, Manny? Good, Good to, to see, see you, buddy. You. Hope you're doing well. We don't always agree on everything, but you know we love you, Manny. Thank you for the support, bud. Uh, Robot of Doom says, I just... I also wanted to say thank you, Chad and Zach, and everyone at MHH for your incredible work and effort and passion. Thank you for giving us MHH and amazing podcasts to watch. Hey, buddy. Thank you. a lot to us. Hope you know that. Thank you. All right. 51 minutes. Zach, let's make sure we get to everybody here, including, including our superstar senders on Facebook, which... Man, they're going off. They're trying to get to that 500 uh, goal so we can get the the uh, jersey and the little MHH memento. Sean Miller in the lead for tonight. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Sean. Travis Weber, always in the top one, two, or three. Michael, top three. Randy, dude, thank you. That's awesome. Really appreciate that. Randy's another OG. Zach, if you see one from Randy, any topic or question, yeah. we got to make sure we get Randy. Uh, Andrew Baker, Gary Leeds. Love you guys. Marquis Banks, a newer name, but, you know, hey, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you. Anthony Bradshaw. Let me make sure I'm not missing anybody here. All right. Appreciate all you guys. You know, to see four separate names in four-digit category there, I mean, we just started this not too long ago, and I'm not even focusing on the number, just the amount of support and how quick you guys take to things that we introduce is, is so humbling, and we are so appreciative. Thank you all. We, we truly, chat have the best fan base. And the Broncos do. do in the entire world. We do. We're seriously lucky. Very lucky. And Michael, thank you guys. Good to see you, buddy. And I gotta say, you look dapper in your football priest T-shirt. All right, Ron Quio. Ron Quio, right. is that it? Quio, not Quio, not. Yeah, Quio. You're right. I've been saying Quio, Quio. Ron Quio, Quio. Okay, Dale again. Thanks, buddy. Five dollar super chat because I'm a Teddy fan. Hashtag Broncos <laughs> won the Super Bowl. I saw what awesome. you did there, Dale. I saw what you did there. It's about and, the the name on the front, right, Zach? And from your mouth to God's ears, please, Dale. Um, make it happen. Let me see here, really quick. Zeus, make it happen. Zeus, bring down the the lightning and thunder. Um, okay. Stand by. Oh, look who it is. We got the triumvirate of royalty in the building today. Females of MHH representing with authority, Poppy the princess in the house. It's been a minute. Gosh, it's great to have you. How are you? Hope you're doing well. I, and just so you know, those blankets that you sent for Christmas, which is one of the um, you know gifts that we've been bequeathed from our community that we hold dear in, in this family anyway. My little baby son, he's wrapped up in one of those blankets. I ended up keeping two of them for what it's worth uh, every single day. No joke. So thank you, Poppy. It's good to see you, Poppy. We, we hope that you're doing well. Everything's going uh, well in your corner of the world, and it's always good to see you. And just like we just talked about, you guys always answer the call. And for us to even get the opportunity to shout you out and, and uh, acknowledge you guys, thank you so much. It leaves me tongue-tied. Thank you. Manny, what does a QB need to be considered? What does a QB need to be considered good to the haters and trolls in here. So what does a quarterback need to be able to do to be considered good? Win. 
win. I mean, I hate to quote Al Davis, but just win, baby, right? Um, okay, let me see here where we are at. Um, apologies for the dead air gang, but charge it to the game. All right, charge it to the game. Um, Sean Miller, as I'm as I'm scrolling here, how many of the quarterbacks do you think we will see this weekend? All three. Oh, yeah. yeah you'll see them all. I mean, I'd be shocked if you didn't see Rippin, to be honest. Well, He'll get the entire second half, I think. Now that I think about that, actually, it wouldn't completely shock me if he didn't see time in the first two games. I don't expect that to happen, but I think you're going to see all three quarterbacks. Yeah, you'll see. I just don't know if they can subject the quarterbacks to any injury. I mean, they're hanging on right now with this competition, and if Locke were to go down or Bridgewater were to go down, God forbid, that's a far cry going to Brett Rippon. So I think you'll see a lot more Rippon than you want to this Saturday. Uh, Dave Glassman, another OG supporter and superstar. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Uh, <laughs> Sam Bam wants to know, will Kendall Hinton get some reps at quarterback? Let's hope <laughs> not. He's doing pretty well at receiver. Let's keep him there. Yeah. But, hey, he's got the the wristband in the Hall of That's Fame. That's right. Dude. In the Hall of freaking Fame. Uh, Dennis Woods, good to see you, buddy. Another state of being OG superstar. He says, we don't know what's going on, but will you please tell Beast that I and a lot of us are thinking about him and praying for him? Yes, absolutely. You know we will do that. You know we will do that. All good, buddy. Appreciate the, the concern, Dennis. Absolutely. And from everybody. Um, oh, just jumped me up. Oh, Willie, and then I think we're out of here for tonight, gang. Let me double-check that, though. Willie, another OG superstar, he says, if I remember right, Luke said he was there for that playbook report, too. Uh, Shermer's playbook is pretty dumbed down anyway. I doubt Drew was the issue. Well, here's the thing on that. Um, Shermer said himself in October, all right, that they had just by that point gotten enough reps under their belt to the, to the point where they would, if they would have had a, an offseason, traditional offseason training camp preseason, the number of reps you would have gotten from that as a team, they clocked in October. And he said later on in this offseason, so with that 2020 campaign now in the rear view, he did admit that he wasn't able to fully implement his playbook because there wasn't enough sand in the hourglass. So you people can read into that that it's some kind of a uh, – you know, condemnation of Drew Locke. I don't. I think it was just the way the cookie crumbled for a brand new OC who got handed, just like the quarterback did, a raw deal in coming to a new place in a pandemic year. Everyone always wants a scapegoat, but sometimes there's either multiple scapegoats or no scapegoat. And sometimes things are just are because they, they just are. It's just what's so. And I don't think it was having to dumb down or anything playbook related or Drew Locke's intelligence level uh, I think it was just the result of a marred year with injuries and the pandemic and having no training camp and having a scheme change. All those things went into it. Um, I never knew Pat Shermer's playbook to be exceptionally long. I just think it wasn't all that creative last year. That's the bigger problem to me. Travis Pookie has not supplanted uh, MG3 uh, at this point. Ron Dub, man, many OG superstars tonight. Love it. Ron, he says, and thank you for the super chat support, my brother. He says, hey, guys. What are your expectations for Albert O this year? And what player from the practice squad has a legit shot to make the roster? That second question, are you talking about last year's practice squad or are we talking about like bubble guys or uh, because Andre Mintz, that's a guy to watch out for. In fact, 
um, one of our newer analysts at Mile High Huddle, Zach Hicks, who we brought over. He and I crossed paths uh, on the Colts beat. He does great film work. He did one. Um, what was his first one? Drew Locke Mechanics last week. And then he dropped one literally right as we were going live. He published a new one, breaking down Andre Mintz, the undrafted rookie from Vanderbilt. That's a guy I think has a real shot to make this roster. And then Albert Ozak, I mean, what are what are your expectations for him? Well, I actually put out a tweet last night based on Fangio's comments. It, it went unreported, but Fangio admitted that um, Alberto had some setbacks in his recovery from a torn ACL, and one of those setbacks was that he caught CV, and he got sick from CV. So uh, we don't know the extent of that, but it all added into you know delaying the rehabilitation a little longer. But based on the quotes that were distributed yesterday, Noah Fant said he looks great out there. He's still coming along slowly because he suffered the injury you know, during the season, but he should be all systems go for this year. And from what he showed last year, they have quite a combo at, at tight end with Noah Fan and Alberto. We just have to hope that Pat Shermer utilizes them and the quarterback finds them. Okay, two more super stickers, guys, and then we got to go. Seth Harmon, thank you, my friend. So consistent. Seth Harmon, just an underrated super chat superstar in our community. Thank you, Seth. You know, we love you, buddy. We really do. Uh, and then also, I gotta I gotta do a uh, share screen for this one because, um, well, actually, hold on, let me do it. Let me do it this way. Uh, Andrew Morrow with the super sticker coming soon. Not sure exactly what that uh, portends here, Zach. But Andrew, hey buddy, thank you for the super chat. Love you. Very cryptic. Love it. Indeed. And then uh, we've got Randy Foster that says, hope to see you guys the 26th versus the Jets. If you're going to be there, you will see us, my friend. Yes. Trust on that. Um, and, guys, I think that gets us current. So, hey, thank you so much to each and every one of you for spending some time with us here this evening. Uh, Willie, we will pass our best to John. Trust on that, my friend. Don't worry. And uh, we're off tomorrow night, so we'll see you Wednesday. And you, we didn't even do matters of business today, Zach. We were so consumed by the conversation with our great community. But uh, have a great start to your week, bro, and sign us off. You too. Next time we talk, Chad, the Broncos will be in full-scale preparation, having joint practices with the Vikings in preparation for Saturday's game. So we hope to see you guys on uh, Wednesday night. But in the meantime – like Dylan says there, hit the like button on the way out. It helps us grow immensely. You can be sure to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter if you haven't already, at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, etc. at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter, as you can see, at Chad and Jensen. You can follow me at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a hat, shirt, football pre-shirt, coffee mug, gator, anything you need. It's in the store. We promise we love it, and you will love it as well. Also, Facebook.com slash MileHighHuddle. You're going to see the big blue button right there. Click it. Become a supporter. We have three shows more on the way. Kelberman's Corner. Uh, Broncos Book Club and Trickle Zone. Uh, it's growing at an immense rate, and you guys are the reason for that. Thank you for your patronage. Also, Facebook.com slash Pod, Like the page. But if you can't do any of those things, we totally understand and totally appreciate it still. We just ask these three things that take a few seconds, guys. Subscribe, like, and share each and every video you see, including this video on our channel. It's going to bring more Broncos fans into the huddle as we're known now, and uh, connect with you guys, interact more, and grow our community. We appreciate each and every one of you. We are off until Wednesday evening. Tomorrow is BTB with those boys. We'll see you guys 6.30, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday night. Take care, and as always, guys, 
Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.